Do you invest in ETFs? Whether you're thinking, what in the world is an ETF? Or you're looking for the next opportunity to add to your portfolio. GlobalX has you covered. From big tech to bonds and bars of gold, GlobalX offers a wide range of exchange-traded funds. Go beyond ordinary with GlobalX ETFs. Visit globalxetfs.com.au. That's globalxetfs.com.au. Are you thinking about starting your wealth-creating journey but not sure where to put your hard-earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. Hey there, here's a quick note. This podcast contains general financial advice only. That means it's not specific to you, your needs, goals, or objectives. So don't act on the information until you've spoken with your financial advisor. You'll find our full disclosure, disclaimer, and link to our financial services guide in the show notes. Welcome to this short episode of the Australian Investors Podcast. And this episode features a snippet, a 15-minute snippet of Nick Cregan, one of the founding partners of Fairlight Asset Management and a specialist in global small cap investing. If you're wondering what the masterclass is, this is a primer. In the coming weeks, we've invited four experts from one sector, whether it's global small caps, commodities, property, whatever it may be, we're inviting fund managers for future episodes and investment consultants, financial advisors and experts to present four different perspectives on every single asset class you could invest in. This one today is from Nick Cregan and he's going to provide an asset class overview as in what you need to know at a high level about global small caps. In future weeks, we'll be releasing four snippets, so four 15-minute sound bites on each of the different perspectives within Global Small Caps, being asset class overview, which is what Nick's doing today, subsector options, so what are the different options within each sector or within Global Small Caps? If you're a investment consultant, if you're a financial planner, or even if just an individual investor looking to invest with a fund manager in this sector, what questions should you be asking? And what would be some red flags? I've invited some experts from around Australia to answer those questions for us. And finally, how do you use something like this, an investment, say, in global small caps in a portfolio? I've invited some of Australia's best financial planners on to talk about their perspective and share their insights on how to use this asset class in a portfolio. So we'll be releasing all of the Masterclass series. We've got three lined up and three in the in the barrel ready to be fired over the coming weeks featuring Australia's leaders in these asset classes. If you are a fund manager, an analyst, an investment consultant, or a financial planner to listen to this and you want to get involved in the Masterclass series brought to you by RASC and the Inside Network, you should email us. That is podcast at rask.com.au and you can get involved in the Masterclass series educating thousands of investors on different asset classes and the things they need to know before they invest. I get a lot of questions from investors asking, well, what are the managed funds available? What are the ETFs available? What things should I be considering? Have you thought of this? 
this is what the masterclass is for. So this today is just a snippet of what's to come. It's a very short episode with Nick Cregan, the founding partner of Fairlight Asset Management, providing an overview of the global small cap sector. Uh, G'day, my name's Nick Cregan. I'm the founding partner of Fairlight Asset Management. We started the business almost five years ago now. Uh, Prior to that, I was with Evans & Partners for four years. Uh, I was co-portfolio manager on the global uh, fund there, uh, alongside Stephen Arnold, who now works at now founded Aorus. Mm -hmm. Uh, Previous to Evans & Partners, I spent a long time with Schroeder, so almost 10 years. uh, Launched the smaller microcap funds for them alongside a chap called David Wannis and was invited to work with Jenny Jones, who is one of the best small cap track records in the US. And under her tutelage, learned a great deal working on Wall Street, been in equity markets for around 20 years, almost half of that in international markets, and uh, have a deep passion for equity investing. Global small caps is an area that I'm quite familiar with uh, from a research perspective. I know there are, it's kind of like, we just talked off air about a dearth of funds that are available, high quality investment managers like yourself. Can you give us kind of like an overview of like what is the sector and I guess why uh, do people invest in the sector? Yeah, really good question. And you and I have known each other for quite some time now, I think almost four or five years. I think mm-hmm. when we when we first met and we've had this conversation over a long period of time, why, why are Australian investors so comfortable with global large cap and, and less enamored by global small and mids? Mm-hmm. I think it's really, uh, to your point, been a lack of A, options and B, education about the space. So global small and mid caps um, as an asset class is about 40 times the size of the equivalent here in Australia. So mm-hmm. this mid and mid cap space here in Australia um, by global standards, it's quite small. Um, and as we know, equity markets, um, Australian equity markets make up about 3% of the global opportunity set. Um, and so Australians' first call is when they're going offshore is to think about the big names, the, the Apples and, mm. the, and the Microsofts, et cetera, which makes perfect sense. And it's only now that um, investors, especially more sophisticated investors, are moving down the market cap spectrum a little bit and considering global small and mid caps. Um, so it's an op- it's an opportunity set which we think is um, incredibly powerful, uh, but it's been largely ignored by Australian investors until really the last few years. Uh, so we're trying to provide an opportunity there and educate Australian investors about uh, exactly that opportunity set and what it means in their portfolios. What would you consider as a global small cap? Yeah, so global small caps and then global mid caps is where we, we sort of invest. Mm-hmm. Um, the the um, definition by MSCI sort of uses um, percentage of the asset class. Uh, but to, to frame it up with, with dollar terms, and this surprises people pretty often, is that a global mm-hmm. mid cap in the US is up to $30 billion in market cap. So that would be solidly ASX 200. Mm-hmm. So people often ask us, you know, aren't um, global small mid caps a bit riskier? The business uh, model's a little flimsier. Uh, how do they do in the tough times? Well, our answer to that is if you're comfortable with the risk of the ASX 200, you'll definitely be comfortable with the risk of the global small and mid cap market. Uh, it's really just a, a big uh, asset class as compared to the Australian equivalents. Mm. So why do people invest in uh, global small caps and mid caps? Like what is the appeal? Is it growth? Is it income? Mm. How do they sit in portfolios as well? It's more about growth than it is income. Uh, so the, the the dividend yield for the asset class sits at about 1%. Uh, and it's often, uh, I think we'll probably get into this a bit later, but around a third of that index actually isn't profitable. Uh, hmm. So you're not uh, investing in that space for the income. You really, what you're trying to do is either have a passive exposure and uh, get the uplift from the asset class or what we're doing, which is a more targeted approach in trying to sort of eke out the 
the hidden gems, if you like, amongst the malaise of thousands and thousands of businesses. And within that, what we're really trying to do and what I think most investors with uh, exposure to the index is trying to do is, is try and get that growth uplift in, uh, as compared to the, um, to the large cap index. What macroeconomic factors tend to influence the sector? Well, um, like all equities, as we're seeing at the moment, uh, interest rates have a bit to do with it. Uh, so uh, interest rates are the equivalent of gravity to equity. So as interest rates are increasing, uh, investors have an alternative to parking their their assets either in cash or in equities. Um, so they've got, they can buy bonds or they can uh, sort of have similar exposure. So that's going to move things around a little bit. What's kind of interesting, though, is that um, large caps and mid caps tend to move in slightly different uh, ways depending on where the conversation is uh, is pointed in macro. Mm-hmm. So whilst global large cap and small and mid caps are correlated, uh, there is a diversification benefit in, from investing in both. In fact, you can get an uplift to your alpha by by having a 75-25 blend large cap, mid cap without a d- demonstrable increase in your risk. And the reason for that is that global large caps tend to get buffed around a little bit more by the conversations that you see in the media. So mm-hmm. um, I think the conversations we're currently having in, say, the US and China about the possibilities of Taiwan, that'll move global large caps around a little bit more, whereas global small and mid caps tend to be more localised markets. So mm-hmm. dependent on you know, what's happening in, in, in Texas or in, in London or in France for these businesses that are open, sort of operating the more local markets. So there is a diversification benefit to holding both. What is the historical return profile like for mm-hmm. global small and mid caps? Mm-hmm. And I guess you just added partly the, the kind of the risk return profile, but kind of like, what's the context around that? So the long-term returns to the global small and mid-cap market have been actually pretty attractive. Uh, so about 10% per annum over a long period of time, which depending on what time frame you're looking at, is about a 1% to 2% uplift over large caps. Um, so that's the index return over a long period of time. It's actually the superior return to investing in large caps, which is a little bit different to the Australian investor's experience. Australian, mm. I, I think it's, um, uh, I think it's, uh, Finland. Finland is the only other, I think, developed market uh, in the European, US, Australian complex where this is true. So Australian investors uh, have experienced large caps outperforming small caps over long periods of time. It's actually the opposite in most developed markets. So um, small and mid cap global markets have outperformed large caps. Um, so the return profile is about, about 10%. Um, we've delivered a little bit better than that. So the return um, profile from an active fund sits at about 12%, which marries quite nicely with the EPS profile of the fund, which has been somewhere between 12 and 15% over the last five years. So global small mid caps, it sounds like there's a, a, a big market, it's a big sector. Mm-hmm. How could you cut it up? Are there subsectors of this? How do you think about that? Yeah, sure. There's about 5,300 stocks in the opportunity set in mm-hmm. the global small and mid cap uh, MSCI uh, index. So there's a lot to choose from there. And with that number of stocks, you can uh, appreciate it's highly, highly diversified. In fact, the um, the largest firm within that index only makes up about 30 basis points of the total index. So very, very diversified. The question is, do you want that level of diversification? So you can take mm. two approaches. You can either have a passive approach, which is perfectly fine, average into an index over time, and you will participate in the growth of those underlying businesses. Um, or you can take a slightly different approach, which is to say, well, um, how do we maybe reduce the risk of our investing, but also participate in the upside of maybe the better businesses that, that, that sit within that index? Now, as I mentioned before, about a third of our index doesn't make any money. So it makes perfect sense to me to strip those out. Uh, maybe they'll make money one, one day, but you're really buying a business model rather than a business mm. uh, at that point. So uh, we strip those out. And then 
we had a really good look at where did the majority of the returns come from for investors over a long period of time, and we skew our investments into those sectors, so light industrials, um, retail, uh, healthcare, and technology is where we can find those businesses that genuinely deliver a return, a cash return on their capital invested of over 15%. Um, and within that, we, we concentrate our investing um, pretty meaningfully. It's a bit of a reminder to investors, sometimes they think a diversification is the one free lunch you can get in investing, which we agree with, but you don't need to be quite as diversified as people think. Mm. Yet most of the diversification benefits from the index at about 20 securities. And then over that, um, you, you, you sort of move down the diversification curve. We invested with a, with a 30 to 40 stock mindset, which gives us enough diversification, but also allows our best ideas to come to the fore. So in what ways do you measure diversification then within the asset class? You said there are 5,000 securities in the universe. How would you measure diversification? Yeah, I mean, measuring diversification um, for us is a little bit different from what you get from the index. So measuring it for the index is pretty simple. Um, this, uh, 30 basis points is the largest stock in that in that index. So highly, highly diversified by both underlying sector um, and by business model and by business. For Fairlight, it's a little bit different. What we're looking for is less about a GICS definition of our diversification from an economic um uh, exposure point of view uh, mm -hmm. and more about sort of how do we define what our uh, actual exposure is to an underlying um, subsect of the, of the business, of the economy rather. So um, whilst from a gigs point of view, you might have exposure to say auto, we'll split that between sort of auto OEM, auto retail, auto um, uh, auctioneer, auto insurance. Um, and then we can understand uh, rather than a sort of, I'll call it a a simple gigs exposure. It's more subset of mm. the subset of where our exposures are from an economic point of view. So that's our economic point exposure, but that doesn't tell you everything. You've also got your trading exposure, diversification, and there we run a, we can invest up to 40 securities. We run a 40 by 40 correlation matrix, which tells us within our portfolio where are our major exposures from a correlation trading point of view. And that becomes quite important for things like uh, a UK-based um, portal. So we, we invest in both AutoTrader and Rightmove. From a trading point of view, that the, the uh, correlation there is incredibly stark, uh, but they serve completely different parts of the market. One's obviously uh, exposed to auto consumer and the other is exposed to less so consumer and more the real estate market um, in, in property. But we have to be aware of those exposures. So we look at it from an underlying economic point of view and also from a trading point of view. Mm. How about then in terms of fees across the sector? Um, how, like, what is the range, I guess, the spectrum of different vehicles to mm. get exposure to the sector? Yeah, sure. I mean, you've got all the way from a, almost a passive exposure or a smart beta exposure. You can get passive um, exposure as cheap as 15 basis points and move up the spectrum a little bit to a more smart beta approaching, sort of looking at 50 to 60 basis points, all the way into sort of concentrated active. Uh, and then it becomes more expensive in concentrated active for the very simple reason that um, capacity is an infinite. Um, mm. So if you're running a concentrated book, um, you can run maybe three or four billion dollars in that strategy and it caps out. Um, and so up at, at that range, you're looking at sort of maybe up to 1.25, 1.3% as a base fee. And then very often you're looking at a, um, at a performance fee over the MSCI SMID uh, index or an index that a, a manager might choose that hopefully is appropriate mm. for the asset class. But how did you determine for Fairlight, you know, uh, your capacity constraints as a global small and mid-cap manager, mm. how do you determine how much is too much, I guess? 
We took a really conservative view here. Uh, and the reason for that is we want to keep our product super tight and super nimble and be able to outperform. Uh, we've got a performance fee attached to our product for that exact reason. So it keeps us honest from a capacity point of view. The way we came about it was less about liquidity. So to give you a bit of a, uh, a, a look under the kimono here is essentially the fund, because it skews a little bit towards mid cap or the higher end of the small cap market, the weighted average market cap across the portfolio has been between 11 and 15 billion over time. So the daily liquidity has been somewhere between 80 and 100 million dollars in, in daily liquidity. That means mm -hmm. our fund can be liquidated very, very quickly, which implies quite a large capacity number. So instead of doing that, what we said is, look, the smallest business we're likely to own is about a billion dollars in market cap. And we don't want to trigger uh, a 10% ownership of any one fund. So we don't want to step over that hurdle because you start getting into regulatory problems about takeover notices, et cetera, in different ju jurisdictions. If you wanted to own that business at, at an average weight in the portfolio, what does that imply? It implies about US $4 billion in capacity. So we think somewhere between four and $6 billion is probably the number. Uh, but as a reminder, that's it pretty conservative because the weighted average market cap across the portfolio is somewhere between 11 and 15. Mm. Gives you an idea of just how conservative we've been on that. But we're very happy with that. Um, we'd be absolutely stoked if we got to $4 mm. billion in FUM. And I think that's a number that allows us to cont continue to be really nimble and uh, continue to outperform. Well, Nick, thanks for joining me on the show. Absolute pleasure. And it's, uh, it's great to see you again after all these years of, uh, of COVID and shutdowns. Likewise, mate. Thanks for tuning into this snippet of a masterclass that's due to be released in coming weeks featuring Nick Cregan. If you want to get involved in future masterclass episodes, you can send me an email. It is podcast at ras.com.au and you can share your perspective on an asset class with, within your expertise. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Australian Investors Podcast. I'll see you next time. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest... Now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says Invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.